0: This podcast is sponsored by Track Hospitality Software. Track by TravelNet Solutions offers a portfolio of innovative software from CRM, Vacation Rental Property Management Software, to Cloud Contact Center. With integrated software and revenue-maximizing solutions, TravelNet Solutions is transforming how hospitality works.
1: Welcome, VRMA Arrival Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Track for sponsoring this podcast. My name is Mike Copps. I am the Executive Director of the Vacation Rental Management Association and your host for this podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Hope you enjoyed last week's conversation with Dirk Johnson. This week, we're jumping in on the distribution side of things. We're going to talk with our friend, Vince Perez, at Fetch My Guest. Vince is a true expert. In all things, distribution has a significant hospitality background, including hotels, as well as his current involvement with vacation rental management and with marketplaces in this space. And we talk a lot about that, about distribution, marketplaces, independence, and Book Direct Day. And we are intentionally releasing this right before Book Direct Day, which is taking place February 5th. This is the third annual Book Direct Day that was Really Put in Motion by Amy Highnote and VRM Intel. You can find a lot more information at her website. You can search for hashtag BookDirect to learn a lot more. And you can listen to this podcast to learn a lot more. Vince has has been involved in this and is a big proponent and has a lot of uh, thoughts and ideas around Booking Direct and around telling the story of our members and of professional vacation rental property managers. And that's exactly what we do at VRMA. And we also have Vacation Rental Week coming up March 9th through 13th. It's our first time doing that. Similar goal of what Vince is talking about with Book Direct Day. It's an opportunity for us to tell our story and the value that professionally managed vacation rentals bring to guests, to our local economies, and to travel in general. So look for more information on Vacation Rental Week on our website, www.vrma.org. In the meantime, let's jump right in. Here we go, Vince Perez, VRMA Arrival Podcast. All right, VRMA Arrival Podcast. Welcome, Vince Perez. Vince, how you doing? Great, Mike, and how are you today? I'm doing outstanding, thank you for asking. Where are you calling in from? I am calling in from beautiful
2: Capitola, California. We're about 60 miles uh, south of San Francisco, right on the beach.
1: Uh, okay. So you're doing better than I am because I'm in <laughs> cold, cold and bleak DC. This is bad because now I've I've hit a trend here the past few podcasts where I'm just complaining about the local weather in DC, but it's just what happens in December and January. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try to be careful when I'm talking to my counterparts on the Northeast because I, I, I will never bring up weather.
1: I appreciate that. Well, I brought that upon myself. So no fault of yours. <laughs> so now that we know where where you're calling in from, how about you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got where you are today and why we're talking today?
2: Sure, so um, let's see. My career actually started in the hotel industry. Uh, At the time I was playing baseball and and that was kind of my my summer job internship, so to speak. Um, And I had an opportunity to play out in Japan. I was doing that. So I was working for uh, Japan Airlines during the off season. And what ended up happening was Japan Airlines ended up uh, launching uh, uh, a very popular hotel product called Nikko. Uh, they're very big in Europe in Japan and they launched in, in the US and I opened uh, nine hotels for them uh, and went through all their programs or operations uh, pretty much did everything front of house back of house um, had quite a, quite, a, quite a fun time with them spent quite a few years uh, great working experience on the hospitality side, and it, and it allowed me to, to still uh, play ball during the, during the, uh, during the summers. Um, after I left the NECO, I went over to the Hyatt Corporation. At that point, I was doing national sales, and uh, I was actually spending quite a time in your neighborhood, in Washington, D.C. I was working uh, with the San Francisco Convention Visitors Bureau and booking citywides. Uh, for all of our properties here uh, in San Francisco, you're speaking my language now. Yeah, yeah, about to say so. It's a small world. Yeah. Um, so really fun experience, great time. I Have some wonderful friends that I've uh, um, uh, in friendships to this day from folks in the hotel side. Uh, I got a little bored, took a little time off, took a little, about a year and a half hiatus, traveled, um, went into technology, and uh, I was fortunate in that I landed with a company in Silicon Valley that was uh, pre-IPO. It was just a, a rocket ship. A lot of hardworking folks. We went from it was an IT consultancy. Went from I think I was employed thirty six. Uh, at that point, we had seven offices in the valley. When I left, we had eight hundred wow. and forty employees and forty eight offices, and they they IPO'd. It was it was it was pretty crazy. Wow. Um, in between that, I actually ended up launching a, a company that was a subsidiary of the company I was working for before I went public. Uh, I ended up leaving the company because they weren't really supporting what I was doing. I, I built up uh, a revenue business of about $6 million and I ended up selling it back to them before they IPO'd. So okay. everybody, yeah, everyone got really happy off of that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I then went in and I found, uh, founded a few different companies, some in the, uh, uh, in the commercial space, some in the enterprise space, uh, and then uh, also in the hotel space as well. Uh, At at a concierge level, we had a technology that resides in some of the boarding passes that you see in hotels. Um, So fast forward a couple years here, and I was looking, uh, moved up to Santa Cruz, California, and there was an opportunity that came up with Beach House Rentals, and and it was just really interesting. It just happened to be uh, just by chance. And when we looked at this, they were going through a transition process. Uh, I saw it as a great investment opportunity. And it allowed me to use my, my hospitality and technology background. And, and honestly, it was the best choice I ever made, both both personally and professionally, because um, you know, in technology, it could be a, a pretty dog eat dog world. And one of the great parts about what I'm able to do is I get to talk to real entrepreneurs every day. Um, and it's uh, it's great. It's, They've they made me smarter about what I do and what we do here at Beach House Rentals. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the future of the industry.
1: Very cool. So I want to unpack quite a bit of what you just said, but I do not want to gloss over the professional baseball piece from playing in Japan. That is cool. That's a new one. Um, on this podcast, I haven't talked to anyone who's played professional ball uh, domestically or internationally. What? How many years did you play? Uh, on and off, uh, about four years. I had a, a pretty bad injury. Actually, baseball was
2: not my, my love. Soccer was. Um, long story short, I, I went to the I went to a, a university that was very good at uh, trying to walk on in soccer. My I had blown out my knees my senior year in high school, so that didn't mm. work out too well. Uh, I did play baseball during the summer just because m- my dad said I should. Uh, <laughs> and um, what ended up happening is that I was pretty decent at baseball. I ended up having two good seasons, and
1: uh, I got drafted. And uh, yeah, so things took off from there. In my you first were, year, they drafted. There was like, there's a Japanese draft as well, or MLB. Uh, uh, no, no, I was like a high draft pick in uh, on the major league side. You were, uh,
2: yep. Even wow. with the injuries, and, and then my first year in Louisiana, Lake Charles, I blew out my elbow, and I was pitching, so that didn't work out too well. And so what happened was I transitioned into an infield position, and things worked out pretty well from there. And um, I didn't see uh, uh, an opportunity. In, uh, in in the U.S. playing major league because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I didn't think I could rebound from the injury. Sure. But uh, there were opportunities playing in Japan. So I went and did that. And I actually started playing for a factory team uh, for one of the big newspaper conglomerates out there. And then after about four weeks, they moved me up to the big club. And then we played a few years out in Yokohama. And uh, it was an incredible experience. And, and that's really... It really opened up my professional career because one of the uh, coach's sons was uh, the founder of the Nico Corporation, Japan Airlines. So we we struck a friendship, um, and he liked beer as much as I did. And so we, you know, every Tuesday night we'd all get together and hang out with the with the uh, with the Americans. And he loved joining us and loved Western culture. And uh, he actually lives now in San Francisco, so it's uh, pretty wild. We still keep in touch.
1: How cool is that? Well, I I have a ton of follow-up questions, but maybe I can buy you a beer at one of our upcoming events and and dive a little bit deeper into that. That's really cool. Absolutely. So it is, it's really interesting how that kind of served as a, a foot in the door and a springboard into hospitality space. And it's interesting the hotels and the Hyatt connection there too. How are you, I mean, coming in from that perspective, you said front of the house and back of the house on the hotel side. How surprised are you? And I know we're going to talk industry developments in a bit, but how surprised are you by what you've seen from the hotels making bigger investments in this space over the course of the last few years? Um, I, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I've always been an
2: advocate, and still to this day, uh, I've always been an advocate that there's a place for both both products. In fact, I think they're they're highly complementary. In, in particular, uh, for us here in leisure destination markets, we're very complementary. So. That's one of my hopes. Uh, you know, when I look into the future, is that there's going to be, a, especially with Marriott coming into the business. I know they're just kind of dipping their toes in yep. what they're doing, um, but I also think it's going to force some discussions with hotel operators to start looking at the, the pluses. And, and when I I just had a conversation yesterday with a, with, an, with an analyst that, that, that uh, services all the Wall Street folks, and. Yeah, uh, he was he was talking to a group of us, and he kept using the word compression. Well, no one on the call understood what a compression was, unless you worked in the hotel business. So right. I explained to him that um, our 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 idea of compression is a little bit different because in his terminology, that's in a citywide convention. If the is sold out, compression allows you to now have to go partner out with other hotels uh, for that excess inventory, which creates revenue left, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So in leisure destination markets that's how we should be looking at as well in partnership with the hotels uh santa cruz county you know we're not a very big county but we're highly competitive the the object should be our bureaus investing to bring as many people into this county as as they can and so the summer months were booked um there's a finite amount of groups that actually can service them we should all work together to make sure we can uh, put heads on beds you know and service them so i think that's my hope is that that's what we move to because there's not going to be much more building in, in our areas. It's, it's, it's fairly controlled. Uh, so now what we don't want to do is alienate the traveler. We want to keep them coming to our
1: destination. We want to service them. Absolutely. So the compression they were talking about on that call was was margin compression? Uh, compression being that uh, so, uh, in, the, in the
2: citywide sense that all the hotels are filled, so they need to be able to walk those get those people off to other inventory that they're not right. aware of. I, so,
1: so I should ask, what, what you typically hear that term in this space, in the vacation rental space, is more around margins, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So what is your current title at Beach House Rentals?
2: I do everything. It depends what day it is. I'm a partner in Beach House Rentals. So uh, we have a just a fantastic team. So they handle all the operation components. Uh, I'm really good about not, not sticking my nose in too deep unless they need me on, on something. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of looking at the marketing side of what we do with Beach to Beach House. Uh, and then you'll find me climbing poles or climbing walls and putting in mesh networks and in, in properties. We're in the middle of a redesign right now. So I was actually moving furniture the other day. So it's uh, anywhere where they need me, I kind of chip mm-hmm. in. My Our office or fetch my guests is just above the Beach House Rentals office uh, so I can run, but I can't hide.
1: Perfect. So you're a jack of all trades and that's a great transition and segue for me because I know a lot of our listeners um, who who know of you, probably know of you through the, the Fetch My Guest title as well. So could you tell me a little bit about that? About Well, you just told me where you're located. So tell me a little bit about what Fetch My Guest does. Sure. So uh, Fetch My Guest is a marketing automation platform. Think,
2: it, think of it as a, a CRM on steroids. Uh, it's got a really a lot of great attributes to it. But I think the most important piece of, of what Fetch has been able to accomplish that we've we seen the market now for the past four years is what we really are demonstrating, I think, to our community is the value of making sure you're keeping control of your brand. And I think it's it's playing itself out, especially with all the turmoils with the property management systems. So Fetch by guess, was basically, uh, uh, you know, came to life by accident. We had, we at Beach House Rentals need to solve a pretty big business problem. Uh, our business problem was we were at the time highly, highly dependent at a hundred percent dependent on at the time VRBO and FlipKey, and we thought we had a pretty compelling brand. And so, putting my hotel hat on, I wanted to make sure how do we make sure our brand always stays out in front. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, uh, I ended up building this thing on the Google App Engine. Um, so this is about five years ago now actually, because uh, we're uh, we at alpha state um, on the Google App Engine and within. You know 60 days we started seeing improvements in our in our booking cycles uh and the responses that we were getting from guests and then i realized that uh, oh i could be causing a secondary problem what if google decides to get into the vacation rental industry yep which is where we're heading now so i'm glad i did not do that because they would have all my data so uh we ended up building it from scratch and what we were designed to do and i think my, my partner didi put it best when i asked her what do you want this thing to really achieve for beach house rentals and she said, I don't ever want to be held hostage by a property management system or OTA ever again. And, and it's exactly the right uh, vision that we needed to get this moving, uh, because that's where we are today, because we, we don't use any of the OTAs. Uh, we're actually looking at booking.com now because we've extended our shoulder months. So we're going to use them to fill those dates. Um, and it, it really taught us a very valuable lesson. And I'm, I'm talking as a technology guy that, the, the wonderful thing about hospitality is it's really it's in your DNA. Either have it or you don't. Quite frankly, it's hard to replicate. And so, what you shouldn't do is, is think the technology will improve the outcome of your business. When you're, it doesn't really the technology doesn't matter. What does matter is how you're utilizing it and making sure you put customer excellence in front of everything that you do.
1: There you go. So you mentioned the the listing sites and the OTAs. How to how do your marketplaces? fetch my guess differ from the traditional listing sites and OTAs um, so
2: the marketplaces
1: create brand affinity
2: so if you, if you look at kind of the, the history if you will of where things have, have come uh, and, and where they're going right with the property management systems uh, potentially being that next OTA when you look at some of where these folks are going uh, and of course in the case of HomeAway, that's what you have right they have the property management component and then they have the, uh, the listing visibility side. So what makes the marketplace unique, because once we had seeded the market with Fetch and we're seeing all the data come through, one of the biggest things that that happened was people started realizing how how well their brand was actually performing. Um, They were actually able to, they can actually measure, uh, how is my brand comparing to an Airbnb bookings and home away bookings? So we're really uh, very, we're objective, we're Switzerland, right? When it comes to showing people all the different ways they're able to drive traffic into their system. Um, so that was the next natural evolution for us once we see the market is the marketplace. And so the marketplace has these uh, uh, much different characteristics than what we've uh, traditionally looked at uh, from, from 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 the marketplace. So one of the things that we see here is that when you're, and by the way, listing sites are great. OTAs are wonderful. You know, we use them. I always tell people use them as, as, you, as you need to, uh, but always have a plan for your brand. So when we look at the listing site component, um, uh, you're making these investments, you're listing a few properties, uh, but you're really pointing everything to that brand's listing site. In the marketplace, it's actually bouncing off of the marketplace and coming back to the brands, and then all the brands are also interconnected as well. Um, So that makes it extremely unique in what we're doing, but it also does uh, another thing, it sends a message to the traveler because a lot of these brands, as an example, in our marketplaces on the Northwest, uh, or or I'll just say the West side, the West region. um, On average, it's about 14 years. Folks have been in business. On the Northeast, it's like 28 years. So these folks have been, uh, they're very familiar with their audiences within a local level. So what happens when you bring these local uh, magnets that have some wonderful databases that kind of can interconnect together along with their brands, what does that do to the behavior of the traveling public? Well, it, it changes because these people, you know, they it's amazing given all the things that uh, uh, with, with the centralized platforms such as Airbnb and VRBO have achieved in, in trying to uh, disconnect the traveler from the property manager, they're still having success. And, and when we just wrapped up our 2019 numbers for the West region and 65% of the bookings actually came in direct. Wow. Right. Exactly. So you would hear the opposite. If you read all the different uh, uh, news stories out there and what the OTAs are putting out and that's just not the case, you know? And so when I look at our business here at Beach House Rentals, uh, as I might've mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, we run about a 92% occupancy during the busy season, about 5% of that goes to yield, but 84% of our business is repeat. So that makes our business scalable. Yep. And it also lowers our maintenance costs because we have that, uh, that assurity, if you will, from folks that have been staying, uh, you know, in, in our units, you know, some of them as long as 10 years now. So they treat it as their own home. So that's, I think, uh, that's, that's kind of the, that's a difficult model to replicate at a local level. And a lot of our independents are in local leisure destination areas where that's a massive opportunity for them going forward.
1: So how are your marketplaces branded and how are the travelers finding them?
2: So the marketplaces are branded through the associations the regional associations that we work with. Um, and that's kind of our surety to them, right? That uh, we're in this for the long haul. We're not looking to solve a, a short term problem. We're looking, looking to solve a long term. Um, and so in return, they're invested in the marketplaces themselves. They put all their properties on there. They contribute content. It's a content uh, driven platform. And that's what kind of makes it run. So when you look at the differentiator there, it's not a booking platform. It's a platform that's based on intent. Um, so we're able to uh, capture the traveler at the point of planning. And in the leisure destination space, we still have folks that are you know still booking a year out, six months out. Um, so our, our our majority of our business is not that forty hour, uh, forty eight hour quick hit. Although in some markets like ski destinations it is. But it works in both ways because those folks now that normally would not be marketing year-round. Now we've got this year-round billboard. um, And I think the most uh, uh, perfect example of that is folks in the Northeast, right? Uh, They're open for a few weeks of the the year, if you will, and then they're boarded up to to get through the winter, but they still need to be marketing, right? Throughout that whole uh, cycle to make sure that they're both from a traveler standpoint, but also from an owner standpoint, that they're showing them that they're putting their brand out there and representing the properties properly.
1: That's really interesting. Okay. So you said 84% of your bookings were repeat. Correct business. So when you come to, you know, VRMA events, you'll hear varying, varying opinions on, on distribution and diversification. Like you mentioned, you didn't want to be held hostage, but also looking at leveraging some of the platforms like possibly booking.com presumably you bring in new travelers, right? Who may not be as familiar and kind of leverage their marketing power and then That's where you step in and really, really heighten the marketing and outreach and connections and that personal touch to drive that 84% repeat business, correct?
2: That's absolutely correct. And and what what really pushed us to do this, because we experimented with Booking.com and Airbnb, we just didn't have success with. And and Booking.com, we tried them last year and we didn't have as much success, but we know they've updated some tools. So we're going to give them another try. Um, but for us, um, really the impetus was extending our shoulders since we're so busy, you know, we've got, our, we've got our, our busy season locked down, but our shoulders went from, you know, one week selling out, two weeks, now we're really extending that out quite a bit. And what's what's actually contributed to that is actually been the marketplaces. So, uh, you know, 98% of those bookings, that traffic actually came from 108 mile radius. Um, however, nine months ago after we launched tally Stays, we started getting traffic uh, bookings from Southern California. And that's never happened to us in 15 years, Mm, right? And and so now we're seeing traffic coming from the Pacific Northwest, from the Northeast. And that's all due to the marketplaces because the unique part about the marketplace is that Beach House Rentals properties are not just on Cali stays, they're sitting in other networks as well. They're sitting in Northwest, Hawaii's, and also the Northeast, because we know that even though uh, travelers that come to Cali stays, 90% of them are actually in California looking for a California property. We do know they're going to other destinations as well. And because we're building this trusted network, we want to share our partners in other destinations and share their properties with them because we want to give them the best price guarantee. We want to make sure they get the best services and we want them to come back uh, to these trusted brands when they're ready to book again.
1: So what are the names of the other marketplaces? So listeners can go check them out. You mentioned Cali stays. Uh, yes, correct. So Cali Stays is uh, for California in the Tahoe region. Uh, that launched
2: about uh, nine months ago. We have Northwest Days. That was the original uh, charter group that launched, and and uh, really big kudos to the to the board and the leadership team uh, of that association because they they took the risk. They saw the problem. They wanted to address it and uh in partnership with fetch they were the ones they were the ones that took the risk with us and and jumped out and did this and uh that was about eight uh, about 16 months ago now and that covers all the pacific northwest states and western canada Um, we also have uh, a couple weeks ago uh, we launched great hawaii stays which covers the island and what's exciting about that for us is when i was in the hotel business the the golden triangle if you will was between when you can interconnect the West Coast with the Hawaiian Islands, with the Pacific Northwest, because all those travelers tend to migrate into those territories, and we've now achieved that. So I'm really looking forward to see what our our 2020 data sets look like. Uh, And then of course, we have Northeast stays, which covers uh, 10 of the states out in the Northeast core where they're on the coast. Uh, And they're just ramping up their efforts uh, out there on the Northeast. And that was, uh, we jumped off with NEVRP, Northeast Vacation Rental Professionals out there. And we have a couple other um, marketplaces that we'll be announcing here shortly that'll cover the remainder of the US and also uh, Mexico.
1: Interesting, okay. So I'm um, I'm curious, during your conversations with these groups, has the term switch ever come up?
2: Uh, yes, for those that have been around the industry. Yeah. Uh, I could talk for hours about a Switch conversation. Uh, I came into the industry right when they were looking at Switch and I remember, uh, I wasn't even a part of Beach House Rentals, but I, I did reach out uh, to one of the board members at the time and, and told them, it's like, this is going to be a, a disaster. And my biggest concern with it was they, they weren't, um, uh, there was a lot of things wrong with it, but the main thing is that they forgot who the constituent was and that constituency are the vacation rental professionals. Right? Here you are bringing in HomeAway to bring an umbrella brand around all of the independent PMs. And now on top of it, you're going to leverage something that's not really going to give all the affinity that a brand deserves because you're in competition. And so uh, that's uh, the folks who have been in the industry. When I, when I talk to them about this, they get it right away. They're like, oh, my God, this is what Switch should have been. Yep. Exactly. Except they actually feel a sense of control because they're invested in what we're doing. Sure. And they see where we're going, and they know what the long-term plan is, and they know that we're not going to deviate uh, in our mission. And that's because in, in in deviating, I would be hurting Beach House Rentals, and we're we're doing, we're being quite successful. We love the business, we have a great team, um, and we're growing in a very healthy way. And I would never disturb that.
1: Great, great. Yeah, the switch was before my time, but I've heard the stories so. I'm not surprised it's come up. Maybe when we have our beer and talk Japanese baseball, we can also talk about the switch. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about uh, future plans and expansion. It sounds like you're going to keep growing these marketplaces out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're focused, I think, on two things here, especially with our conferences coming up.
2: One is expanding our footprint in the uh, in the existing marketplaces. And at the same time, uh, launching the the, uh, the expansions of the uh, other marketplaces and other regions at the same time. So, uh, we want to kind of do this in a very uh, 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 a very thought out fashion. Uh, just because we know what happens when you accelerate too quickly. You can, you know, inertia is a funny thing. It works both ways. So, we want to make sure we're on the right side of that curve.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about that curve and being well thought out and kind of the big picture of distribution. I mean, you mentioned Google and some of the big players in this space and you're obviously uh, invested in, in the distribution and vacation rentals. So where do you see it going? Wow. Uh, That is the big question for 2020 because there's so
2: much uh, kind of going on. So um, let's look at, I mean, looks. I'll start with the Airbnb IPO, right? So Airbnb is about to IPO. And the question I have is, how is that really gonna impact the markets? And and you could see the moves that Airbnb uh, is currently making because it it not only impacts, I think, pricing, uh, it impacts regulatory because I'm pretty sure that they've gotta desperately try to figure out how to fix some of these regulatory issues uh, that they've created, quite frankly. Um, Because it's going to be difficult on that IPO to get investors to kick money in when you've got all these uh, uh, potential hazards, right, Uh, in getting shut out of markets. And that's obviously already happened in some of the markets that they're in. Um, So I think that's kind of wagging the dog of everything else that's going on. Uh, Booking.com has been, I give them like kind of the plus, if you will, because they've just been consistent. They've never deviated from who they are. They came right out of the gate and said we're not going to charge traveler fees. We're going to just charge the PMs or the host, and, and that's fine, right? They're 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 all centralized platforms now. When I look at all the OTAs, um, you know, Airbnb, Booking.com, VRBO BRBO, they're, they're all moving to centralized platforms. So that's fine. Um, when I look at BRBO, I think they're Expedia, Verbo. Uh, they're chasing Airbnb, right? Um, so I think there's a lot of disintermediation that's happening. Uh, in that market, and I think that's reflected in in a number of different ways. Um, when we look inside of our networks, we see a lot of PMs that are that are pulling away from Verbo and uh, in, in making investments in themselves or things like the marketplace, or they're looking at uh, uh, Booking.com and a few at Airbnb. But it, it's it's causing this disintermediation, disinter- and and I'd be curious to see where that goes on the on the OTA side. Now we look at Google, right, and so Google's now coming into this um i think they're going to be highly disruptive i think they're going to create uh wonderful opportunities for these uh independent branded folks that are that are kind of focused on what they're doing uh marriott adds another uh hiccup into the equation right to see how they're going to actually scale up what they're doing and some of the partnerships that they're doing um so you know it's going to be an incredible year uh 2020 from that side because There's so many unknowns, no one has a crystal ball, but it's pretty apparent in some of the moves they're making is that they're one, highly committed to the space. uh, But two, they, in my opinion, my humble opinion, they they haven't learned from uh, a lot of the challenges that have been placed in front of them. And so when I look at those challenges uh, and I look at how much money's come into the industry, it's all been wrapped around one thing really, which is capturing inventory. And they've had a struggle doing that. Uh, Why? Because when you look at our business, uh, if you just knock it down to the the bolts, right? What is it? It's the relationships that you have with your guests and and most importantly, your owners, right? They're the biggest stakeholders you have in this business. And uh, there's a lot of trust built up on that end, on both ends. And that's a very difficult thing to unseat. Um, And and so when I look at, I'm I'm a Marriott Bonvoy member right uh great little app they have but there's not a huge take up in it Uh, i'm probably part of that you know three or four percent but that's because there's so many choices out there but when i look at the vacation rental side it's extremely high loyalty rates you know and i think if you talk to a lot of these independents that are still around they would tell you the same thing you know when you look at the repeat business how loyal these travelers are and they're a wonderful source to bring in that next source of business so um I think the I think I think the the OTAs have a a big challenge uh, on their hands. I think it creates tremendous opportunities for everyone, and, and we just need to be ready and have our eyes open uh, to what's about to happen.
1: Absolutely. So, as our members, our property manager members, navigate this landscape and kind of wait for everything to to shake out to a certain extent absent a crystal ball let's say short term what what advice would you give our listeners regarding distribution like is there any opportunity here to have first movers advantage in any sense with any of this or just kind of stay the course and diversify and let the chips fall as they may like what do you think what advice would you give without giving away any of your competitive advantage
2: yeah no no i don't even mind that at all um um so i i think it i think when you answer that question, it depends what stage you're in, right? So, someone that's just starting off in the business is it's going to be different than someone that's uh,
1: established, right? Let's say more um, established. Let's say managing you know a couple hundred properties. Sure. So, wow, a couple hundred properties. Um, to me, if I'm at a couple
2: hundred properties, right, I am so hyper focused on my brand, and I would use uh, I would I would also be very attuned to what distribution actually works in my region. So what I mean by that is uh, here in Beach House Rentals, um, uh, channel operators may not be what I need to fill the rest of my yields, uh, when I can go to uh, 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 something like the marketplace, which is now backfilling that for me, um, or I can use a booking.com incrementally. So for someone that's established and been out there a while, there's some wonderful tools out there, right? There's some great uh, 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 dashboard, functions out there uh, that are giving you some wonderful reporting tools that are telling you where your yields are. Mm -hmm. So when you target those yields, that's where you can really, that's to me, if you're an established brand that wants to really pump up those yields, go after that because that's where you really can start filling the gaps in your business uh, and creating an even stronger presence in your, in your locale. And I don't, uh, I'm not a, I don't believe there should be one big dog in every location. I think there could be five or six big dogs, depending on on your location. Uh, yeah. Just because if the if your bureau is supporting that kind of traffic coming in, and and you have a good idea of how the hotels are operating and where that pressure is coming from, then you should be able to accommodate those folks. So that's kind of what we're doing right now is that we've been we've been incrementally extending our shoulder seasons uh, based on what the data is telling us. So. We've got uh, we're, we're not we're not using any revenue tools. We have a pretty good idea of what we're we're doing on our on our yields, but just within Fetch because it's telling us where all the traffic and who's bringing us the traffic, it, it actually tells us where we can make these investments, which allows us to incrementally. Uh, we use the OTAs uh, as incremental partners rather than someone we need to depend on to run our business. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and my guess is Mike, honestly, if you're if you're running a property with a hundred plus properties you know, hopefully you're not at a 50% deficit uh, on the OTAs. Uh, You want to build off of that, right? You want to really continue to, to, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, as I always tell people, when we talk about distribution, I always ask, do you believe your marketing costs are going to go up or down? Not not a single person has told me down
1: yet. Yeah, our survey, we conducted a North American survey late last year, and that was the number one answer on the sentiment question was everyone felt that way. There you go. So if
2: if if we all agree to that, so, uh, and, and by the way, that's exactly what the folks that are investing in our marketplaces see. Um, we can, we can sit here and acknowledge that the cost is going up and now we have a, a simple choice. We can either make, we can either invest in our brand or we can invest in theirs and right. I- investing in theirs is not necessarily a bad thing. And that's where the incremental component comes in, but there's so many, uh, you know, we, Trust me when I say, and this is my technology hat on, there's plenty of technology out there to service what we need today to be successful in this industry. Uh, when I look at what we're doing here at Beach House Rentals, you know, it's, we've got our PMS system, we use uh, breezeways for, Breezeway for operational, we use Fetch, that's it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty good with that, and, and we've got um, a good handle on what we're doing, and we have the ability to scale the business. So um, you can get overwhelmed with a lot of the technology that's out there, but if you just focus on, uh, especially being established, if you just focus on your patterns, uh, it does make your life easier. You now, if you have a repeat business component, much, much easier, right? right. Because every single one of those folks uh, that has experienced your product, they're the easiest way to incentivize to lead to your next piece of business, right? Your, your next customer. Yep. Um, so there's so many ways, I think, as independents and advantages that we have that are outside uh, of of making these investments that we're not sure are going to pay off for us in the long run, or they're not performing. You know, when you look at, uh, you've probably seen this as well, uh, uh, you know, the performance of the OTAs hasn't been what it's been the last two years. And so that's attributed to a number of different factors. But, you know, if you're an independent operator with an established business, you really need to be thinking beyond that and thinking about uh what your brand means because no different than a stock in the stock market when if and when you do decide to exit the business it's going to be the brand that's going to exit that's right
1: so that's great advice how does that advice change for say a startup company maybe managing you know a handful of properties say 5 in a pretty in a competitive market sure so
2: um i just had a conversation at one of these events here and in it was such an interesting conversation because I had a, a gentleman that uh, had 50 properties and uh, highly dependent on the OTAs as of, I think, two years ago at that point. And he made the fundamental decision to stop growth. He's been in the business for, I think 12, 14 years, uh, stop his growth and focus on those 50 properties to make sure he gets them right for his next level of growth. That was very smart. He, and he realized he was way too dependent uh, on the OTAs. So, um, to my right, I had uh, some folks that, you know, fresh out of college, a couple of years, MBAs, and they are just ramping up their business. They were at about 30 properties, been in the business for about two years, all dependent on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. No direct business, no repeat business. So, you know, they were like, this is great. It's rocket ship. I was going to buy us. And I'm like, so, you know, wow. Uh, you're not getting any direct business, so why even have a website? What's your, you know, you have a, you have a brand. Well, you're not doing anything for your brand. It's like, oh, well, we think the brand will take care of itself.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And I scratched my head. I'm like, right. you know, and, and what I did, I bowed out of the conversation and I said, you might want to talk to this guy to my left. You know. Yeah. So here's a guy that's actually made a brand investment. His brand is what's pulled in these properties. He was smart enough to see I can't accelerate any further being this dependent so let me get my ship right and then i can incrementally grow my business and and you know and that's the wonderful part about our industry right is that you can impart knowledge because when you look at the when i look at the fastest growth segment it is these folks that are just starting off you know that have been in the business two to three years and scaling uh, they can learn from the mistakes we're making and we can partner together and that's kind of another wonderful thing about the marketplace is that we're, you know, we're able to do knowledge transfer and help people because it's Look, at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. So from my perspective, I'm not afraid to share knowledge of what I do. Uh, I'm not afraid of competition. I think it's a healthy, healthy thing. And, uh, and if it makes the industry better and it makes my community better, that, that's a good thing for everyone.
1: Yeah. And a lot of that growth is certainly taking place in the urban markets. Do you have urban operators participating in your marketplaces? That is a great
2: question. So, yes, but very few. Right. Um, but we want to solve that problem, right? So, um, let's face it, the, 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 that, urban market is saturated. You've got a ton of players in there. Um, you're know, buying buildings, right? It's a different game. And so, uh, when I look at what we're doing at the marketplaces, uh, a natural extension would be the metropolitan component, especially because we're so focused on book direct. And especially because, you know, when I look at, uh, uh you know, when I look at, uh, uh, our markets that we're in here in santa cruz and capitola well you know there's quite a few vacation rentals in san francisco i know they're trimming them back yeah. but it's very difficult they're competing against every hotel out there um uh, and and it's very difficult to uh, to even conceive of bringing in direct bookings right you're gonna have to just be out there doing it so i think a, a partnership where you're partnering with folks here that we can transition com- uh, customers back and forth and that that kind of comes with the hotel thing Whereby, if someone's staying in a hotel, a business traveler staying in a hotel for a two to three night stay, they might they may want to bring their family and extend that weekend, which they always do in San Francisco. But we can now put them up in one of our partner partner rentals in Sonoma, in Bodega Bay, in Santa Cruz, in Cayucos, right? So, so to me, that's there's interesting partnerships that we can do in the in the urban space. Um, But again, I think all that's predicated on what happens once Airbnb. Uh, IPOs because that's that's what's gonna flush out the market. When I look at markets like British Columbia, Canada, mm-hmm. where Airbnb is undercutting hotels by 60, 70%, that's unsustainable. Right. Especially when they go public. They're gonna have to raise those prices. So uh, you know, for those folks that are out there, you know, don't go race to the bottom. Hold your prices because it's gonna come down to uh, the quality of service that you provide that's gonna be the strength of your your brand and what's gonna lift your
1: margins. There you go. That's that's great advice. So you've used the term independence quite a bit, and you just mentioned uh, Book Direct, and we're releasing this podcast very intentionally the same week as uh, as Book Direct Day, which is February fifth. And I was just curious uh, how involved you are in that specific movement. If you could tell the listeners a little bit about it and what it means
2: so you know we've been very involved uh, from day 1 when 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 amy I know, introduced the concept a few years back we participate every year we actually participate every week and every month into in, in our marketplaces because we the message that we always strive on our own uh, branded websites ourselves but also in the marketplace um, is we 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 tell them you know we're the best price guarantee and the value of, of book direct so on book direct day we'll be doing quite a bit of campaigning through our our databases which is probably you know upwards of, of 700 800 thousand in our in our networks because they're sharing that with their own databases within uh, each vrm uh and then we're putting something out uh at, at the marketplace level as well to all the travelers so when we look at book direct i see it in a couple of different ways uh it's it's an opportunity to educate uh the traveler and, and so we always get that opportunity when a traveler stays with us particularly particularly uh, if this guest comes in from a booking.com or VRBO, what have you, because they're paying those extra fees. So that there's always an opportunity to educate the traveler when they come in uh, to tell them this is how much you're, you're, you're paying extra. And of course, that's real money when these folks are taking these vacations. Um, but also on the other end of it too, is before they make that booking because our marketplaces are at a point of planning, we want to put all that education up front, And that's why I think we're seeing such high return um, uh, in our marketplaces because people are at the planning stages, the effects of what we do are six months out because we're planning so far ahead that they remember, hey, I can go to this beautiful property I saw and pay 30, you know, 40% less, uh, depending on what market that you're in. Um, so the other opportunity for that uh, with, with Book Direct is we're able to share our stories with the traveler. Yep. Every VRM in every community has a very unique story. And I and I wish that folks would take, really take advantage of that because it's what resonates. It's it's authentic. It's something they're not going to get anywhere else. It's not something that you could pay a, a marketing guru, you know, ha, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a year to create content that that that's not realistic, right? And because we're boots on the ground, we really do have this. You know, we have a heartbeat on everything that's happening real time, uh, versus you know content that's going to expire. We can refresh things. We can reach out. We know we have a good handle on every event that comes into our area. Uh, those are tremendous opportunities that could be formulated around uh, Book Direct. So then, when I look at it uh, relative to the marketplace as a whole, we're building a trust network uh, that's defined by our brand affinity, right? Our, our brand affinity is the trust that we've built over the years with all the travelers that have uh, that have come in contact with our collective brands. And so, uh, let's take a look at what that's done for the hotel space, right? yeah right. any tv commercial you see today that has a hotel all they talk about is book direct why is that right <laughs> and that's you know and learn from that right it's a great opportunity and, and um you know I, I always do what's called the expedia test when i do my presentations but it never fails right that's why the otas have a if they have a 95 percent abandonment rate um in our space um they have they probably have a better opportunity uh, we know from the marketplace results that when someone interacts with our brands, when someone talks to one of our agents, there's a higher likelihood of two things. We're going to get the booking, but we're actually going to be able to extend the booking and tap into our yields. You can't do that online, right? And those decisions will be made, will be made on how that, that guest. Uh, we, we firmly believe that every uh, unique guest deserves a unique conversation. Interesting. I like right. Yeah. And, and, and so those are the things that I think book direct allows us to take advantage of. So
1: I, I love the concept behind it. I know I've, it's been very successful. I've been tracking, you know, Amy shares the social media impressions uh, annually with the, the campaign and the hashtag. And I, I know it gets great pickup. So uh, that's very exciting. And I, I love the, the concept around storytelling and sharing our stories and educating the travelers, you know, VRMAs, launching the first vacation rental week, March 9th through 13th, same type of thing. It's about getting out there and, you know, waving the flag, but also really telling the story about professionally managed vacation rentals. So, you know, it gives the the venue to tell lots of stories. And I, I hope you'll be a part of that and telling stories. And you can talk about, you know, distribution in the space and professionally managed vacation rentals, but same type of thing. the so more people we have telling our story, I think the better off we're all going to be. So, yeah, very- My, I think that's a critical part where we need to go as an industry,
2: right? We need to distinguish ourselves from the quote unquote host, yep. you know, and that's an important thing when you think of, you know, quote unquote, category, it's important that we don't get put in the box. And, and unfortunately I think we've allowed that to happen. Yep. And now with book direct, that's the opportunity, right? And, and what you're doing with the vacation rental week takes it the next step further. And, and I urge uh, you know, PMs to, to really get active in what we're doing with this, because we have this opportunity now, you know, to 2020 to really define who we are as professionals. And I think going forward, that's where we need to be.
1: You got it. Well said, well said. So what outside of distribution, what do you think are the main challenges that uh, VRMA member companies and just any property management company are facing today? Yeah.
2: Um, so, right. So not everything is marketing, right? So there's right. Quite, quite a bit, a lot of moving parts to our industry. Um, and when I look at some of the challenges that we have uh, at the top of the list, uh, I, I'm talking to PMs every day. It's regulatory but without a question, right? That's, that's been a challenge for a couple of years. Um, and, and that's something that everyone knows needs to get resolved. Um, so uh, when I look at the, uh, you know, I call it the Airbnb effect. How do we, how do we detach ourselves from that? My hope is that um, with with Airbnb uh, going the IPO route, that some of that gets flushed out. I'm hopeful that, um, I know at a local level, I mean, we have some incredible people in our network, by the way, that uh, are not just working at a, a local level to solve these regulatory issues, but also at the state level. They're incredible advocates. So one of the great things about our marketplace as well it's not just about the distribution component. it's about how we help ourselves at a regulatory level. If someone's having uh, you know a fight in San Diego we want to help that person and in, 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 in create this knowledge base where someone in say Leavenworth Washington can go do the fight in British Columbia and Hawaii we can share that knowledge of what we're doing. Um, so I think regulatory would be on the top of anyone's list. Um, I think the other challenge that, that just came up here uh, is the the property management systems yep. I know a lot of folks that are that are that are moving. You know, they're trying to make a switch, and and, and what I caution uh, in, in that is, yes, people are angry. There's been some changes that, that they don't agree with. Um, change is inevitable in our industry, but my hope is that what they what they take away from this, regardless of whether they change or not, is that all those all the property management systems are now the same. I wouldn't have said that a year ago, right? Uh, whether they're open systems or closed systems are all kind of in the same bucket and they're all in, in one way, shape or form now going to be dependent on revenue for the OTAs. So if you could just, whether you're just starting out or, or, uh, or established, if you can just always remember that, how do they make money? I believe you'll make better decisions. And that comes back to my statement I made earlier where technology will never replace what you do at a customer service excellence level.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It comes down to your, your relationships, um, uh, with your guests and your owners. Um, Technology is a tool. Don't ever let it take over your business and, and by, you know, don't give away your brand in the course of doing it as well, right? Make mm-hmm. sure you protect your brand at all cost. Um, and I think one of the things I just touched on too as, as a challenge would be the, defining the difference between a host and a professional host, right which is uh, alluding to your vacation. Uh, rental week there. Uh, That's important that we do put ourselves in a position to distinguish what we do at a professional level and making sure we're communicating that, not just to the traveler community, but making sure that our owners understand that as well. Because there's now subcategories to the owners when you think about what's happening with, you know, Vacasa and Oyo and Wyndham and all those things. It's important that we all distinguish ourselves from what we're doing and how we do it.
1: Spot on. So yeah, going back to the the regulatory side, you know, VRMA is investing pretty heavily in those efforts Uh, has been, but but really even more so this year in forming state and local groups to help tell that story and to really help distinguish the professional operators, like you said. So, you know, the more people who we have telling that story and the more connections we have to constituents at the state and local level, you know, the owners or the guests who are traveling from that 108 mile radius that you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. um, I just the, the more people who can work together. So I'd love to continue the conversation with you even beyond this podcast to see how, you know, we can reach out through your marketplace when we're in these states and localities telling these stories and trying to get the most voices we can behind our message. So I see a real opportunity there. Yeah, I, I think, um, it's an excellent opportunity.
2: I, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I think our peers would welcome that, uh, because we, you know, we, we do need help and, uh, yeah, I
1: absolutely welcome that discussion. Excellent. All right, looking forward to it. So I've mentioned a couple of times I'm going to be buying you a beer and we'll be talking at some upcoming events. So where are we going to see you in 2020? Well, uh, you're going to see, well, probably on a plane
2: is probably the short answer to that one. Uh, if you're lucky, where can you a to large see
1: group of us see you?
2: Yeah, um, I'll be, uh, well, we've got quite a few events coming up. I know I'll be in Chicago at the April event. Uh, I'll be part of a panel that Tim McCafferty Uh, Over at the Outer Banks, we'll be putting together. I'm I'm sure everyone knows who Tim is, and he does outstanding work. And I highly recommend the the Sarah and T podcast as well. They do great stuff. They do. Um, So I'll be doing uh, a panel there. Uh, Also, we'll be doing a presentation on what we're doing at the marketplaces. And what that'll be about is uh, a discussion on the rise of Book Direct, on how it's impacting independent vacation rental brands, and how it's changing guest behavior. And so what we're doing essentially is just sharing the, the success of a marketplace with independent operators and showing them the strength of uh, BookDirect.
1: Cool. So kind of a case study approach?
2: That's correct. We've got case studies. We've got, we've got some great data, which is what I'm really excited about because I've now pulled the 2019 data. So we have history, right? Real history that we can go off of. Uh, so we're very excited about, about sharing that. Um, uh, We also have our event coming up uh, in Whistler. So April is quite a month. Uh, So we've got Chicago, we've got the uh, Northwest Vacation Rental Professionals is having their event in Whistler in April as well. I believe it's April 20th, I believe. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. So anyone in the Pacific Northwest, Hawaii, California, uh, urge them to attend. Phenomenal group of people. Uh, Their growth has been really impressive. But again, it's all about the people and the the people that run that do a fantastic job. Uh, I'm also going to be in Maine. uh, That's April 6th at the uh, uh, Northeast Vacation Rental Professionals event that they're having out there in Maine. So look forward to that. I'll I'll be putting some things out uh, uh, as the dates get near for that as well. Uh, And I'm sure there's a couple in there that that I don't forget. I just know April's kind of a crazy month. And in between that, I'm going to find time to uh, take a trip to Mexico and get on a motorcycle and get off the grid for a few days.
1: Oh, cool. Well, I think that might, <laughs> that might answer my next question. I was going to ask what you're looking forward to in 2020, both professionally and personally. That sounds like a good one. Yeah. So uh, personally, I think,
2: yeah, that's, that's one of the, I'm, I'm a firm believer and I'm trying my best to uh, take myself off the grid every, every you know, once a quarter uh, and, and decompress and ditch my phone. Um, I think it's just healthy Uh, I even try to do that every day Uh, you know a quick 10 minutes of quiet time is a good thing it does amazing things for your body Um, professionally I think it's gonna be um, a a pivotal year for our industry you know for a lot of things that we talked about regulatory uh, defining who we are as professionals um, and then you know I keep coming back to this Airbnb IPO I think it just changes uh, a lot of things. It will change a lot of things in our industry. Uh, what I'm, what I, what I, what I'm looking forward to seeing, because I haven't seen it yet, is when we start seeing the comparative data uh, after Airbnb does go public. Um, when we start comparing the data from Booking.com, Verbo, slash uh, Expedia, and Airbnb. Uh, the top three right if, if you will at this point but to me that's gonna be interesting when you see when we start comparing the data relative to the rates to the take up all those things because I, I I know from the marketplace standpoint we're seeing some very interesting data sets because we're seeing where all the traffic's coming from where the bookings are coming from and I'm telling you they do not mirror what you read interesting
1: okay all right well any parting words of wisdom for the VRMA arrival listeners Um, uh, never forget the value, I guess, of your brand and
2: and what it took to build it. As I mentioned earlier, it's what's going to exit your business and you want to make sure that it's very, very healthy when it does. Um, And I think last but not least is that you're you're no longer the customer. When you start looking at some of these vendor relationships, you're not the customer, you're the product. Uh, You've always been the product. And if you just understand those two things, um, I, I think it'll make, decision making much much easier so that's kind of what you know when we look at evaluating things and what we're bringing into the business by the way whether whether it's uh, uh, a new employee or whether it's technology we, we always kind of stick to what does our brand mean how does that how will that represent our brand and understanding when we go into these relationships there's a give to get right so when i bring an employee in uh, i need to fight like heck to sell them on what we're doing here at bhr or urfetch or um but once they get in now they got they got to they got to show me what they can do right so it's a give and take uh no different than when we're doing vendor relationships i need to really clearly understand how you're getting paid what your strategy is i always ask the question how you funded what's your exit and, and and i'm okay if your exit is hey look we're going to go ipo we're going to get get rid of this thing and go that's great so that tells me i've got a 3 or 4 year run rate to utilize th- this tool that i think is valuable to benefit beach house rentals and keep the data until you make your next move. Then at that point I can decide whether I want to stay with you or not.
1: All right. Great words of wisdom, outstanding advice. Thank you for all your expertise, Vince, for being a part of this podcast. It was great talking with you. I'm looking forward to seeing you at some events and maybe even on a plane. Who knows? Yep. Thank you, Mike. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Thank you so much, Vince. That was outstanding. As expected, we look forward to catching up with you in Chicago, if not sooner, and hopefully talking on the podcast sometime shortly thereafter. So again, Book Direct Day, February 5th, hashtag Book Direct. Go to vrmintel.com for the latest. Vacation Rental Week coming up March 9th through 13th. Go to vrma.org for more information there. And that's it. We'll be coming back in a couple of weeks with a podcast focused on our upcoming event in Lisbon, VRMA Europe. Looking forward to that one. Thank you all for listening. Take care.
0: TRACK hospitality software is owned and operated by a 20-year, industry-leading hospitality company, Travelnet Solutions. TRACK is a portfolio software designed specifically with your vacation rental management company in mind. From cloud contact center to vacation rental management software, including features such as trust accounting, maintenance, housekeeping, owner portal, guest portal, channel distribution, and more, all in one platform. Create seamless operations and increase revenue with TRACK. To learn more about Track Hospitality Software, visit trackhs.com.